one God, Amen. One idea that has been on my mind recently is the idea of uh, multiplication. Not because I, I love math or adding numbers, but because I was thinking about multiplication in the context of the church and how the church can multiply. And in fact, at the end of the Acts of the Apostles in every liturgy, we say that the word of the Lord shall grow, multiply. So we say in the Acts of the... That's much better. Wow. Okay. The word of the Lord shall grow, multiply, and be confirmed, wax mighty, and be confirmed in the holy church of God. So we're saying that the word of God should be multiplied. So the question that was in my mind is, how can the church multiply? Or how does the church multiply? And I think uh, today is the fifth Sunday of the blessed month of... uh, Baba, so, and as we're accustomed to the fifth Sunday, we hear the gospel of the blessing, and we hear, read about the multitude, the feeding of the multitude from John chapter 6. And the feeding of the 5,000 is about multiplication of the five loaves and the two fish. And I believe just as Christ multiplied the five loaves and the two fish, we can learn from the gospel of today how the church can be multiplied, how the church can be multiplied. I think the first lesson that we can learn from the gospel of today is to give thanks, to give thanks. That's why it's so important to give thanks to the Lord. And that's why our Lord Jesus Christ, he gave thanks for the offering that was given to him. These five loaves and these two fish, he gave thanks. And giving thanks is the key To opening the hand of God. I would say is the key to opening the hand of God is to give thanks. It is the key to open the gates of heaven. One of the great aspects of the Coptic church, the greatest aspect, like one of the great aspects of the Coptic church and unique to the Coptic church, and I didn't say Orthodox because it's unique to the Coptic church, is that the Coptic church teaches us to pray every night in the Tazbaha, like, oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. And every service in the Coptic church starts with the prayer of thanksgiving. And in the prayer of thanksgiving, we see why we should be thankful to, to be God. For he has helped us, covered us, guarded us, accepted us unto him, spared us, supported us, and brought so many things to be thankful for. I'll let you think about, in your spare time, how you can be thankful in each one of those, those ideas or those topics. Another important lesson about thanksgiving is that thanksgiving is a state of being, this is important, is a state of being that is not determined by circumstance. Being thankful is not determined by circumstance. It's a state of being irrespective of circumstance. And that's actually why, again, the church teaches us in the prayer of thanksgiving, it says, in every condition, concerning every condition, and in whatever condition, in all conditions, we will be 
We will be thankful. We will be thankful. I was thinking about this. If I was like, if I was the Lord Jesus Christ and there was a multitude and people were like hungry and someone brought me five loaves and two fish, I think I would have been very like not thankful. I would have been Ida. Like five loaves and two, like that is my lunch, not for 5,000 people. But actually, the Lord, He gave thanks for this. Even the little that was offered, He gave thanks for it. So it is not about circumstance. It is about being thankful. A general state of being. being A general state of being to be thankful. That's why St. Paul, St. Paul in prison, he is thankful. If he is beaten, he is thankful. If he is oppressed, he is thankful. Even in the epistle of Corinthians, which I think like, even like Abuna Dawud Lamni, he calls like Corinthians uh, the letter of Meshachin, the letter of problems. In all the letters, you see St. Paul always starts all these letters of problems by thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is the key to open the hand of God. Because thanksgiving is the state of being that is independent of circumstance. Even our Lord Jesus Christ was going to do the miracle of uh, rising Lazarus from the dead. The first like thing he said, I thank you God for you have heard my prayer, for you have heard me. Always thanksgiving was the first thing that even the Lord Jesus Christ did in, in the miracle of raising Lazarus. So I think the first key is to be thankful. The second one is, uh, is, is to notice how the Lord blessed the five loaves and two fish. If you go to the, the Gospel of St. Matthew, it says he took the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed. So he gave, he gave thanks and then he, and he blessed. Normal five loaves and two fish wouldn't feed anyone. We agreed about that. But blessed five loaves and two fish feed 5,000 and more, actually. Blessed five loaves and two fish actually feed a multitude. If we want to multiply, we need the blessing of the Lord in whatever we are doing. And I think we can access this blessing. How do we access this blessing? We access this blessing through, through our prayer. Because prayer is an invocation of the Lord. It's an invitation or invocation for the Lord to be in our lives. And it's through the presence of the Lord that there is blessing. That's why if you hear of anyone or read any of the stories of the people who see Pope Carolus appear to them or they, they see like something supernatural, they always say the, the, the trail of like Pope Carolus or the saints is they, they smell like some incense. They smell like... It's like whenever they're present, it leaves their mark on, on their presence. And I was thinking, if Pope Carolus leaves like a trail of... If God is in their presence, what like smell, what aroma, what blessing will be in that place? What aroma, what like big blessing will be in that place? Without, without the invocation... Without the invitation of the Lord to this place, or without prayer, then there will be no blessing. There will be no multiplication. 
That's why if you're frustrated, like sometimes and I'm frustrated, I want to multiply, I want to multiply, I want more things to multiply, I want to grow, 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 grow. And sometimes I'm not seeing like there's any blessing. Or sometimes I'm not... Maybe it's because, and this is my confession, I need absolution, so I ask Abuna maybe to absolve me, is that maybe we need more, we need more prayers. We need more prayers in our midst so that He can bless whatever we are doing. And whatever we are doing, then we can multiply and grow. To complete the analogy that I said earlier, to give thanks would be to open the hand of God, and then prayer would be what moves the hand of God. To do whatever request you may, you may ask. Another interesting aspect about the Lord's blessing is that, and this is something I want you to think about, is that the Lord does not bless only animate things or living things. And I was thinking like, yes, we know we are temples of the Holy Spirit because we are living beings and God can live in us. But if I said, can the Lord bless a stone? Can the Lord bless a stone? Could he? Could he bless something inanimate? Inanimate? Like not living? Could he? Actually, he can. Yes, he can. Even John the Baptist said he could bring children out of stones. When Jacob saw this ladder, you see this ladder here? The ladder of uh, the ascent. After it says he took oil and anointed the stone and called that place Bethel. And that place became Bethel means the house of God. Actually, the altar that we have here is wood. Right? Because once we put on it the myron, it becomes sanctified wood. Living wood. Actually becomes animate. Something not living. Once you add the Holy Spirit to it, becomes living, becomes living. Even the chrism, the oil itself, is just regular oil, some spices, but through the prayers, through the, the process, through the, the, the rites, it becomes holy anointing oil. Something not living becomes something living, becomes something animate. And it's through this animate object that then can multiply. Because if I go take you to biology class, one of the qualities of living things is that they... to fail biology. <laughs> is that living things, they multiply, they split, they divide, they grow. Yeah, yeah. Living things, they multiply. One of the keys of living things is that they, they multiply. Like, for instance, I want to give you another example, like water. Water in the baptism is normal water. It's H2O. Mephish like, special about it. But then, through the, the prayers of the baptism, it becomes living water. Living water, transformed by the Holy Spirit. The, 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 like, our church is full of inanimate things, like the icons are inanimate, but become animate. Through the presence of God in them. And the idea here that I want you to think about is that if the Lord blessed five loaves and two fish, something inanimate, and made them something special, He changed the nature of five loaves and two fish to feed multitude, then maybe the Lord can bless something inanimate in your life and make it... Whew. He can bless your homework. 
He can bless your homework. He can bless your presentations. He can bless your work. He can bless anything in your life and make it. If the Lord's blessing is in it. And then the beautiful thing is, once those inanimate things become blessed, then we give glory, those inanimate things give glory back to, give glory back to God. That's why if you look at the third host, bless the Lord, O you clouds and wind. Clouds, how? Inanimate objects. Bless the Lord, O you fire and... Where are all these inanimate objects? How are they blessing the Lord? They became animate. Animate. They became transformed, blessed by God. God's creation becomes blessed by God and actually gives glory to, to God. The third lesson about the multiplication that we can learn from the gospel is in order to multiply, you need to... Break. You need to break. Or to say it another way, we need to divide in order to... You need to divide in order to multiply. I hate to go back to the bio class, but even in the multiplication of cells, they first divide, then they multiply, then they, mitosis, meiosis, whatever, but they, there's first a division, then a, then they grow and they form new cells. The idea that, the reason I was thinking about this is because, and I don't know, have any way to prove this, or this is just a meditation, just bear with me, is that the Lord Jesus Christ, he took the loaves, the five loaves and two fish, he put them in his hands, he gave thanks, and then he blessed. Now, when the Lord looked down, was there five loaves and two fish? Or was there 5,000 loaves and two fish? Or 5,000 loaves and 5,000 fish? I don't think so. I think they were five loaves and two fish. And then he started to break them and to distribute each one to the disciples. And somehow, through the breaking... That was able to, like, multiply. This is just my, my meditation. Because, actually, if you look at the widow of Zarephath, when Elijah went to go meet this widow, Elijah told this widow and said, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the Lord sends rain on earth. So when the, the, like, and then she started to go and make bread. The same thing. Did the, when Elijah blessed this jar of oil and this bin of flour, did the bin transform and then suddenly contain enough flour for her to bake for the rest of time? Or did she start to divide the flour and start to use the flour? And then over time she found, Allah, the, the, the bin this, uh, is not, it's not, it's not done. It's multiplying. It's, it's growing. It's multiplying. If we want to experience the multiplication, I think the, the spiritual lesson, we must break ourselves. If we want to experience multiplication, multiplication, we must break ourselves. And this is actually the service in the church. This is service in the church. It was through the breaking and the distribution and the service of the Lord Jesus Christ through His 
apostles that this were they were able to feed the multitude. We will see the Lord's multiplication in service if we break our egos. I would say Moses was ready for service after he was broken. After he was broken. To be broken is to break our, our pride. To break our idea of serving when it is convenient for us. I don't think that is like true service. I think sometimes we serve when it is convenient on our agenda, on our terms, on our... That is not going to yield multiplication. In order for service to be... It should be a sacrifice. A sacrifice. A sacrifice means it's not convenient. Another idea of this division causing multiplication is if you notice... The, the model of the church The model of the church is to have unity Unity in the Lord And then to have division And that's why each apostle went to Different places And each one had a different service There was division But through the division there was Multiplication Very good Yeah There was multiplication one of a famous expression to highlight this and that I want you to keep this expression in your hearts and minds is that there is a liturgy after the liturgy. Have you heard of that expression before? A liturgy after the liturgy. What is the liturgy after the liturgy? To understand that term, I think you have to know what liturgy means. What does liturgy mean? The work of the people. So there's the work of the people after the work of the, the people. The work of the people, the first work of the people that you're all attending is the, the liturgy of the Eucharist. And in this Eucharist we attain unity. We say we become one body and one spirit and we have share and fellowship together. And it is through this unity in the Eucharist that we ascend. So think of it vertical. Vertical ascension. So we have unity through the Eucharist. But then, after the Eucharist, there comes the, the liturgy, which is the work of the people, which is now, I would look at it as the horizontal. Now, the care for my brother, and the care for my brother and sister, and doing the evangelism, and preaching, and to, and to ask about one another, and to visit one another. And to care for the poor. Are we doing the liturgy after the liturgy? It's not enough. Yanni, this is the problem. If some people do one liturgy and not the other. Some people don't come to liturgy, but they come to Sunday school. Then you've come to liturgy, but you didn't attend the... Or some people come to the liturgy, have no service. Then there is no... Then there is no liturgy after the liturgy. The Samaritan woman, after she took from the living water, she went out and preached to all the people. I wonder if the people here, if they took this, this bread and they were filled and each one turned into the Samaritan woman, then you would see multiplication for sure. You would see great multiplication. But actually some of the people... 
They came back to the Lord and they only followed him because they only wanted one liturgy. They just wanted to eat, 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 eat. And they didn't want to preach, 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 preach. They just wanted to eat and fill their stomachs. And the Lord sent them away said, You only follow me shortly after the gospel that we just read because you want to be filled. Be like the people who only attend one liturgy. It's not sufficient. The last thing, the final lesson for multiplication, I think this one came from the the reading of the Acts today, is that sometimes it takes time for multiplication to occur. It takes time for multiplication to occur. I think sometimes we have a false sense because we read the story of St. Peter and he gave one sermon and one sermon caused... 3,000 to be saved, so we think, like, that's multiplication and it needs to happen. Like, so I'm thinking to myself, I've given, like, I don't know, like 700 sermons, so that means that uh, 2.1 million people should be saved then. And if I do the multiplication the right way, multiplication doesn't work, (laughs) kidda. It doesn't work like that. No. The multiplication takes time. And actually you see in the Acts of the Apostles, you see how St. Paul was left in Corinth to preach for how long? How long? Do you pay attention? year and a half. Long time. And he says he would go into the synagogue week after week, week after week. So St. Paul, how come one sermon, 3,000 ida, fin... Where was that? No, it takes time. But actually, he won a lot. And the Lord said, I have many in this city. So multiplication takes time. Takes time. But I know if we are thankful, if we invoke the Lord's presence, if he blesses our services, hmm? if we are unified and divide among ourselves, we can... And to each one takes a service. And if each one waits patiently, that service will bear fruit and be multiplied. And the church will grow and conquer. Church will multiply and be. And glory be to God forever. Amen.